sorry. <laughs> the scripture uh, this evening, it is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. If you're reading one of the Red Pew Bibles, it is in page 992. Page 992, 1 Timothy 4.12. The scripture says, Let no one despise you, your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. But be an example in word, but be an example to the to the believers in word and faith and spirit and faith and purity and indeed. And we're so thankful for the opportunity to be here this evening as we think about that great scripture reading that we had before us, for the opportunity for us to consider the opportunity that we have to lead other individuals. This verse, First Timothy chapter four and verse number twelve, is is one that uh, is probably used more than any other verse to encourage young people. It's probably used more than any other verse to encourage them in their walk of faith. And though this verse is not necessarily used uh, in, as a step-by-step as a -step kind of, of uh, verse that we might point young people to, that it was designed for them in this d day and age today, it's something we can certainly learn from. It was written to a, a young minister named Timothy by the Apostle Paul. And he was encouraging him and mentoring him in, in his ministry to the church. Now an implication from this verse is certainly this, that, that youthfulness can be and is often looked down upon by others. Um, and granted, oftentimes there are plenty of valid reasons for which we might look down on a young person, maybe. Uh, but looking down on doesn't necessarily equal or, or seeing someone with less intrinsic value. Uh, rather, seeing one as not worthy of being listened to or, or to be given any type of authority instead. And so, perhaps another way for us to understand this phrase is this. Young person, do not allow your youthfulness to be something for which you might give occasion to someone to look down upon you. In other words, just because you're young doesn't necessarily mean that they should look down upon you, but... You can at times, in your youthfulness, act in such a way that gives someone else a reason to look down upon you because of the way that you've acted. And so you might say, well, wait, how do I as a young person control whether or not someone looks down on me for being young? I mean, I can't control their thoughts, right? No, you can't control their thoughts, but you can certainly can, can control the amount of ammunition that you might give someone by not measuring up to their preconceived ideas about your youthfulness. In other words, act in such a way that, that exceeds their expectations, their expectations that you might act immaturely. And so what is the answer to that then? The answer is found in, in the rest of the verse. That is, let's finish that. But you be an example to the believers. That is, you as a young person, and as Paul is, is writing to Timothy here, he say, he's saying, you, Timothy, even as a younger minister, be an example to the believers. Be someone that they might not expect. And in your example, the way that you live, 
the way that you speak, the way that you love, the way that you demonstrate your faith and your purity, through those things, you might be able to be an example to them. And so this evening, I want us to consider this idea of learning to lead, particularly for our young people, but it's not just a lesson for our young people. It's a lesson for all of us, as we'll see here in a moment. Number one, I want us to consider this question, why young leaders are needed, or why are young leaders needed? And I want us to consider, number one, it's because they are needed today. Because young leaders are needed today. If you were to look on the internet and see who uh, might be potentially available for hiring, there are various articles that are circulated about the fact that young people are worthy of being hired, maybe even if they don't necessarily have the credentials that an older person might have. And I'm not saying that's the case in every situation, but there's articles that I came across that say that young people are, are great candidates because of their desire and willingness to learn and their, their optimism and their, their good attitude and, and, and various other things that they go through. And that's certainly the case as we consider maybe Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 29. We look at this verse that, that the, the, the beauty of an old man or an older individual is his wise hair that in the, that's pointing it to this verse. And we look at it in this idea that, that as you grow older and you be, gain that, uh, the, the gray hair that you become a wiser individual. But the first part of that verse is maybe sometimes we look at it in a negative light. That the only the glory of a young man is their, is their strength. But the, the beauty of an older man is their, is their, is their, their gray hair, their silver hair. But, but really, as we think about that first part, that's not a bad thing. The glory of a young man, the glory of a young person is their strength. The fact that they have maybe some more energy as, as they, they don't have the, the, the tolls of life weighing down upon them. Uh, and, and they have that ability, uh, not only in a physical sense, but also perhaps in an emotional sense. That maybe they don't have those other things that are weighing down upon them. And so as we think about within the church, the opportunity for young people to have uh, their optimism and their, their eagerness and their desire to, to serve and willingness to work, that can certainly be something that can be for the benefit of the Lord's church and for his kingdom. And so young people, young leaders are needed today. Consider that, that, that Timothy was enlisted by Paul before Paul's death was imminent. We, we know the, the great letter of 2 Timothy to, that, that Paul was writing to Timothy in which he was saying, I have kept the good fight or I've kept uh, the course and I've finished the fight and I'm doing all these things to, to the very end that I'm working hard to attain my goal. But even now, my life is now being offered up. And as, as Paul is saying these things, he's not writing it to a man that all of a sudden that Paul is trying to, uh, to, to try to encourage him or try to enlist him into the ministry at the, at the very end of his life. He's been working with Timothy for a long time. He's someone that, 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 his, that Paul has taken under his wing for a good while. And so young leaders are needed today because they have something to offer right now. Not, not when the moment comes that they're needed uh, down the road, but they're needed right now. But also because it's good for peers to see the positive outcome of faith in the life of another peer. We don't have youth, the youth program or youth activities because uh, we just want f them to have fun or, or only to, to get together with other people that maybe are beyond their same maturity level or something like that. But rather, one of the big benefits of a, of a youth program or, or youth activities is that young people can see other young people walking in the Christian faith in a successful way. 
that they can see other people that are in this similar circumstance and dealing with similar things in their life, that, that faith is present in their lives as well, and they're doing so and living it successfully. And so it's important for other young people to see that. And so we want to think about the fact that young leaders are needed today and give them opportunities to be involved in those things even now. But also I want us to consider that young leaders are needed not only because they're needed today, but because they are also needed tomorrow. So we think about 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 2, this pattern that, that Paul is kind of establishing that he says, And the things that you have heard from me, Timothy, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. No doubt we can apply this and think about this principle when it comes to uh, older individuals encouraging younger individuals to become leaders, to be individuals that uh, are working today towards becoming leaders because they're needed tomorrow. Very simply, we won't have as effective leaders tomorrow if we don't start developing them today. And so had Paul not invested in men like Timothy and Titus, there would have been fewer men ready to stand in the gaps at his departure. And so as we said a moment ago, this, this lesson is not only for our young people, it's for all of us. As we consider the fact that young people are, are needed as leaders not only today, but also tomorrow, how is it then that we develop these young people to, into leaders? And so second this evening, how young leaders are developed. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter number 6. To Luke chapter number 6, I want us to consider first that young leaders are called. That young leaders are called. I want us to examine the occasion in which the twelve apostles were enlisted as these office or into this office by Jesus. Luke chapter number six, beginning in verse number twelve. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. I want us to con consider this idea of the fact that Jesus called these individuals. Before Jesus ever actually invited them, I want us to notice what Jesus did in verse number 12. Jesus went to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Now we don't have detail for us the exact things that Jesus was praying for. Undoubtedly, Jesus was praying for a number of things. But I don't think it's a stretch at all. I can see very clearly that Jesus no doubt would have been praying for what was about to take place immediately the next morning. The fact that he was calling these disciples to himself, and of those disciples, he chose 12, 12 individuals who would be his apostles. As we think about developing young leaders among the church today, are we praying for them right now? Are we praying for them that they would be developed and be encouraged to be part of, of leadership, in a sense, even today? Are we praying for them as Jesus prayed for the apostles? But then notice that Jesus invited them. He called them. Verse 13, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. They, that word invited or chose, he chose them is, is very similar to the word church. 
in the, English, in the, the original language, in the Greek, that word being chosen, chosen out of, much like the church, uh, that, the, that we are the church, we are chosen out of the world, or we are called out of the world, called out. Very similarly, Jesus calls these individuals out of their day-to-day lives. And he chooses them and selected them and invited them to be part of this work that he was involved in. But secondly, I want us to also consider that Paul had a very similar approach. Turn back, uh, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16, we've already started to consider the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Let's see what happened the first time that Paul and Timothy met when Paul came to Derby and Lystra in Acts chapter 16, verse number 1. Acts chapter number 16, verse number 1, He came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. And Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in the region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. So we consider what Jesus was just involved in in calling out these individuals or choosing these individuals to be his apostles. I want us to also notice what is said about Paul and his relationship with Timothy. That Paul wanted to have him go on with him. Is it the case for you in your life that you are desiring to call these younger individuals to be individuals that are leaders now and in the future? Are you desiring to develop them and to shape them and to help them into these roles such that later on as we move on as older individuals that they can take the, take the reins if you will? Or is it something that you shy away from because perhaps if I were to call this individual to, to, to follow after me and give me an opportunity to mentor them, would that maybe mean me relinquishing some of my responsibilities and duties and handing those things over to them? Maybe those duties and responsibilities are things that I enjoy and don't want to hand over to someone else. Consider the fact that Paul called and enlisted Timothy in that he wanted to do so. He desired to do so. It was something that he longed for and actually uh, wasn't being forced into. So young leaders, number one, are called, but consider also that they are mentored. Turn back to 1 Timothy. We're there just a few moments ago considering chapter 4 and verse number 12, but consider now chapter 1 and verse number 2. Chapter number 1 and verse number 2. Notice what Paul calls Timothy. Paul calls Timothy a true son in the faith. A true son in the faith. When we think about young leaders being mentored, we want us to consider the fact that the young leaders need to be provided examples. The young leaders need to be provided examples. We implore our young people to be examples, specifically in the context of 1 Timothy chapter 4, as we read a moment ago, in which we are studying this evening. But does that go away when we somehow become older, that we are to no longer be examples any longer because we've uh, aged a little bit, because our hair has gotten a little grayer? Do we employ the do as I say, not as I do method? Or do we take our efforts to be leaders among the believers to heart when it also comes to those that are young people, not just our peers, but to young people and mentoring them 
Consider also that they are given expectations. They're not only provided examples, but they're also given expectations. I'd point you back to Acts chapter 16 and verse number 3 in the, in the circumstance there in which Paul was taking Timothy. And though uh, Timothy's father was a, was a Greek individual and was not a Jew, he was circumcised. Paul gave Timothy this expectation to be part of his ministry team, if you will. So that as he went and taught to the Jews that he wouldn't be rejected because of his heritage. So we think about the expectation that Paul placed upon Timothy. Do we place expectations upon young people? Not in a similar vein necessarily, but do we say, if you're going to come with me and be a part of this, then you must do X, Y, or Z, fill in the blank. For our young people to be leaders, they need to be told more than just, you need to be a leader. We need to give them expectations and place those on their shoulders and give them concrete goals to meet to show them what those things look like. And so young leaders need to be called. They need to be mentored. They need to be tasked. They need to be tasked. We can look throughout Acts chapter 16 through, through Acts chapter 20 and see that in all these chapters that, that Timothy is included in Paul's ministry team, that, that he goes with him wherever Paul is going and is included in the efforts that he's involved in. And he's not sent on just menial tasks and, and saddled with menial duties, though, though we understand that, that sometimes we need to, to have those things and taken care of by other individuals. But Timothy wasn't looked down upon, as we'll talk about just here in a moment, as someone that was a, a second-rate individual, but was rather given an opportunity to be part of Paul's team and mentored and, and brought up and tasked he was given responsibilities. Think about the fact that as young leaders are developed, that if we just give them uh, the, the charge to be a leader, but never give them responsibilities or opportunities to be involved in leadership, then how are they going to learn? And how are they going to develop in, the, in those areas? When the time was right, Paul enlisted Timothy to fulfill certain responsibilities. We find that Timothy was sent to Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. That Paul planned to send Timothy to Philippi in Philippians chapter 2 19. That Paul planned to send Timothy to Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 2. Timothy is sometimes categorized by scholars as a co-sender of six different inspired letters. It's possible that, that Timothy was a scribe in the sense that maybe Paul ha was having Timothy write down the things that uh, sometimes that, that Paul wanted him to write down or that he was a mail deliverer of some of these letters. Eventually, Timothy was a full-fledged gospel preacher in Ephesus as we find him in 1 Timothy chapter 1 that, that Paul in verse number 3 encourages him to remain in Ephesus that he may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. That Paul had entrusted Timothy with this responsibility in Ephesus. They're also given capabilities. If we were to look back at Matthew chapter number 10, another account of when, when Jesus was uh, choosing out his apostles, that he empowered them and gave them miraculous ability. Now, in our case today, we're not obviously empowering young people with the ability to work miraculous gifts. But when we think about encouraging young people, it's not just about giving them a pat on the back and saying, I know you can do this. But rather, encouraging them means to, if they are shying away or cowering away from this leadership ability or potential, that we push their back up. And that we give them that courage, encouragement, giving them courage to stand and do the things that are expected of them. And so we empower them and we give them resources and tools. 
But consider also, number four, under this section, that young leaders are valued. Young leaders are valued. Romans chapter number 16, verse 21 should say there, Paul calls Timothy a fellow worker. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1, Paul calls Timothy his brother. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, Paul calls Timothy a beloved and faithful child in the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 2, as we read a moment ago, Paul calls Timothy his son in the faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse number 10, we find that Paul calls Timothy his co-equal in the Lord's work. Paul valued Timothy and the work that he was involved in. He didn't look at it in, in the work that Paul was doing, uh, that Timothy was doing as, as second class work, but rather that any work that's involved in, in the Lord is to be commended, is to be held up as honorable. And so when we think about how young leaders are developed, we see that they're called, they're mentored, they're tasked, they're valued. Let's consider secondly, or third this evening, what young leaders must do. What young leaders must do. Turn your Bibles back to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy in chapter number 4. We read verse 12 a moment ago and we considered Paul's charge to Timothy to let no man despise his youth. But look back up a couple of verses at verse number 10. When we consider what young leaders must do, I want us to consider that a young leader must first become a follower. A young leader must first become a follower. Notice what Paul says. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Paul's reminding Timothy, look, we're following after Jesus. We trust in him as the Savior of all men. As we think about being and becoming a young leader, I can vividly recall as my dad would drop me off for school every morning, he would tell me, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. Now, on the surface, this, this quote that I'm attributing to my dad here is somewhat contradictory, right, to what we're saying here, that a leader must become a follower. But as we think about what it means to be a leader, we need to know where we're going. We're a follower of Jesus. We're a follower of his perfect example, but also followers of those mentors that we spoke about just a moment ago, of those mentors that have helped to develop us and shape us, that we're following them. And so a young leader must first become a follower, primarily of Jesus, but also of our mentors. But secondly, a young leader must count the cost. We've referenced this verse already a number of times, but consider what Paul says, that we need to be examples to the believers in word, things we say, in conduct, how we act, in love, the way we show love to others and how we act before uh, those that we come in contact with and those that we have relationships with and how we treat other individuals, in spirit, the attitudes that we have, in faith, the trust that we demonstrate in God, in purity, our moral character and how we live. A young leader must count the cost. If I'm going to be a leader of someone else, I need to stop and think about what some of these things mean. And then you have to stop and think about how we're going to do it. How I'm going to change so that I can be an example in these areas. Leadership means other individuals seeing what we do and how we conduct ourselves. And we need to count the cost of being a leader in how we live our lives as well. 
Number three, I want us to consider that young leaders must not only become a follower, not only count the cost, but also grow and help others grow. Notice verse 13. Till I come, give exhortation to reading. Uh, give, uh, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. But notice also, continuing on, verse 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Verse 16 as well. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will both save yourself and those that hear you. Being a leader means also continuing to grow. It's not saying I now have this position of leadership and therefore I have attained and I've arrived, but rather that we continue to grow. Paul recognized that Timothy was already in this position of, in this position of ministry, and yet he continued to encourage him to grow, to meditate on these things, and to continue to take heed to himself and to the doctrine so that he would save both himself and those that would hear him. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, Paul tells Timothy to flee youthful lust. He says, let no man despise your youth or be an example to the believers. And then in the next letter that Paul writes to Timothy, he, says, he reminds him again, flee youthful lust, grow. Grow up out of those things and be better. But a young leader must also know their place. Notice chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Paul telling Timothy, the minister in Ephesus here, the preacher in Ephesus says, he says to him, do not rebuke an older man. He has this position of authority, but he says, realize, do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. A young leader must know their place. James chapter 4, verse 10, humble yourself and he will lift you up. Becoming a leader means becoming a servant. Shameless plug here for our young people, ages 16 through 18. So we've talked about the Peach Valley Camp that we have in the summer for our younger individuals. There's also these positions for what we call servant leaders. We try to emphasize that being a leader is not just about wearing a badge or having a name badge of some sort that, that indicates your position of authority, but it means you being a servant. Jesus says that whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, Matthew 20, verse 26. In Luke 22, verse 27, he asks this question, Who is greater, he that sits at the table or the one that is serving? And he says, Yet I am among you as the one who serves. Jesus is our ultimate picture of, of being a servant as we consider him from Philippians chapter number 2. Took upon himself the form of a servant. Leadership means becoming a servant. And so leadership doesn't mean just simply having this position of authority and getting to tell other people what to do. It means becoming a follower of Jesus. It means counting the cost and growing and knowing your place to being a servant to others. But also it means fleeing and fighting. Consider 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verses 11 and 12. As Paul closes the letter with some of his final thoughts, he says, But you, O man of God... Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Young leaders, once you have this position of authority in some regard, does not mean that you do not need to continue to grow. It does not mean that you all of a sudden relinquish the need to be a servant. And it certainly doesn't mean that you don't need to continue to fight the good fight of faith. 
Leadership means continuing to pursue righteousness, doing that which is good, doing that which is holy, being a man of God that flees those things that are wrong and pursues after those things that are good. Interestingly, if you noticed, most of what being a young leader is about, what we've talked about this evening, is about developing character and challenging yourself. Being a leader doesn't necessarily mean being able to be the one that stands up and, and communicates things to individuals in an in a outward verbal sense. Being a leader can simply mean doing what is right and being a good example. We haven't discussed what leaders should tell their followers. We've discussed becoming a follower, counting the cost, growing and helping others grow, knowing our place, fleeing and fighting. What we've discussed is what a leader looks like internally, not externally. Because if you have taken heed to yourself internally, the characteristics of leadership will ensue. Like we said, by the way, leadership isn't about having the bullhorn or being the one that's loud and out in front saying, follow me. It's about living a life that says, by the way that you live, follow me. So if you take heed to yourselves, you will in turn become a qualified leader for others. A leader that others will think is worth following. A leader that others will want to follow. A leader that others will follow. As we conclude this evening, let us realize that whether young or old, we are leading someone somewhere. Young people lead other young people. Fathers lead their homes. Mothers lead their children. Employees lead their co-workers. Students lead their classmates. The question is, are you a leader that is worth following? Are you a leader that is worth following? Are you a leader that others will want to follow? Are you a leader that others will follow? Because the fact of the matter is, you're a leader that's leading someone somewhere, whether you're a good leader or a bad leader. You're leading someone somewhere, whether that is to heaven or to hell. And we need to be preparing, as we've talked about this evening, leaders of our younger generation that are capable of leading more people to heaven. And we as people today that stand as leaders in various roles in this congregation and in the kingdom at large, we need to be individuals that are helping to develop them into leaders for the future as well. So decide today whether you are leading and going to lead others to, to heaven or to hell. Make your life right. If there's anything that we can do before, for you this evening, whether that's pray for you and the things that you need to work on and work in in your leadership areas, or if you have sin and need to make those things right, if there's anything that we can do for you, we encourage that you come as together we stand and as we sing.